song will not be written by Jim Webb or Francis Scott Key, nor sung by Glenn Campbell, Tom Jones, Johnny Cash, Engelbert Humperdinck, or the Rare Earth. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be right back after a message about a white tornado, white lightning, or white people. You will not have to worry about a dove in your bedroom, the tiger in your tank, or the giant in your toilet bowl. The revolution will not go better with coke. The revolution will not fight germs that may cause bad breath. The revolution will put you in the driver's seat. The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Proverbs and Politics. I am Siobhan Mateen, your host, more affectionately known as Shay. I am so excited that you guys are tuned in. Um, this has been very, like, a very exciting, but a very anxious, <laughs> and a very, like, just full of anticipation leading up to this. I have recorded this, y'all, like, seven times. So I just want to let y'all know right off bat. Um, I'm not recording it no more. So, we are going to hope and pray, and we are going to believe that this is my last time recording this. Um, just because, like, of all my, just, anticipation and excitement and nerves. Um, but, yeah, so, before we jump right in, I'm going to give a few disclaimers. First and foremost being that this is a safe space. No matter what you look like, no matter what you identify as, no matter what the world labels you as, um, we are here in this podcast, in this room, wherever you are. Um, and I know, granted, we're not all in the same room together, but um, we can pretend that we are for certain purposes. And just know that we are that you are seen and you are heard, your experience Um and your experience is valid. So, like I said, this is a safe space. I don't care what you look like. I don't care who you are um, or, you know, what the world tries to label you as. We will cry. We will laugh. We will, you know, there will some be some things that we talk about um, which can be triggering, which... You know, when it comes to society and when it comes to politics, there's so many layers. So we're going to be pulling back some stuff and it's going to surface, you know, historical trauma, individual trauma. You know, we're going to have to look back on our environment, you know, and that may cause us to have to look at our family traumas, common family traumas. Um, But I promise you guys, I will never dump information on you and leave you. Um, without tools to heal or to initiate your healing process and initiate our resilience process. Um, so that's the first disclaimer. Second of all, I do want to say that you, everyone is welcome. Like I said, I don't care who you are, what you look, look like. Everyone is welcome. Um, but please know that this is a Christian podcast and we will be talking about biblical truths and precepts and we will be studying and highlighting the life of Jesus Christ who here is lord of lords king of kings the i am who is the i am who is god um so we do reference him as our lord and savior i don't care if you don't like me i don't care if you i don't want to say I don't, no i don't care if you get offended i don't care if you don't like me um but i if you get mad, I just want you to be mad and direct your, that anger towards yourself because you didn't listen to the first um, mm, three minutes of this podcast <laughs> and you did not take you to the disclaimer. It's just And that's just putting that out there because I don't want anyone, you know, our belief systems, our faith system may not line up. Um, 
And I don't want no one acting like I didn't tell you so. So, with all of that being said, um, let's just dive right into it. If you're wondering who I am, I am Siobhan Mateen, more affectionately known as Shay, um, by a lot of my peers, my best friends, closest friends. You can call me either or, Shay, Siobhan, it does not matter to me. Um, if you're wondering, like, you know, well, who is this girl, what's her credibility, I, um, just, you know, some basic things about me. I'm 19. I'm a sociology major at Columbus State. I formerly attended the illustrious Clark Atlanta University. Um, yes, I will be a Panther until the day I die. I will go to no other homecoming except for Clark Atlanta. And I will always rep the AUC. Shout out to Spellman. Shout out to Morehouse and Morris Brown. Just as another small disclaimer. Um, so you'll see me, you'll hear me reference CAU and the AUC a lot. Um, but aside from that, um, I also, um, obviously I'm a black woman. Um, I more like and more specifically, um, I am what you would identify as Afro indigenous. Um, I grew up in a, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio and on the West side, a pretty diverse, um, kind of a, not kind of, but a, a rough neighborhood and I grew up with a father you know with a very passionate mother a black uh, another black native woman um and a father who made sure that I was aware of my existence and you know who I was as a as a brown person so as a black as a black woman you know what I'm saying just overall you know a a a, a person of color my first book was not Dr. Seuss it was not a children's book. It was the autobiography of Angela Davis. My father, he who is a very gentle, gentle, like a very gentle soul. Like, he don't even talk loud. But my father, like, did not play with me. <laughs> you know, like, I used to listen to Louis Farrakhan tapes when he was taking me to school. Literally, like, in his little 1998 Toyota Corolla, like, literally, he would pop in a cassette tape and I will listen to Louis Sarkhan's speeches and I grew up with like you know pictures of Malcolm X and Audre Lorde and Nina Simone Langston Hughes like all these people were just a norm to me um so I just kind of grew up you know aware and then in seventh grade we all know the death of Trayvon Martin happened while well, I was in seventh grade. That was 2012. And then, of course, we know the deaths of Eric Gardner, Michael Brown, Sandra Bland. All these things happened. Of course, we knew that. know that's nothing new. But um, obviously, with us being in the age of technology, it was the first time our generation, my generation at least, we experienced that at our, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was right there, like on our fingertips, on our phones. Um, and it was so close to us. So then um, I went into high school. I was very involved in the nonprofits um, around my community, around my neighborhood community service. I was involved in the Black Lives Matter protest um, and marches. And then, of course, getting to high school. That's I'm not high school, but college. Um, I joined the Stacey Abrams campaign team, um, worked on that. I am currently um, an Ohio House of Representatives intern with District 25, specifically Representative Bernadine Kennedy Kent. And 
Yeah, um, I'm also a nonprofit owner. I just launched my nonprofit, Rosa City Foundation, which we'll talk more about. So I have a little bit, I have a decent resume um, and, you know, different, you know, as far as it pertains to politics, as far as it pertains to government, social issues and stuff like that, social justice. So that's me. Um, From there... Proverbs and politics really was just born. Obviously, I'm a Christian. I was saved in 2015. 2007, I was raised in church all my life, but 2015 is when I publicly professed and believed. 2017 is when I really took, like, my purpose, my destiny, everything, like, full head-on, full-fledged. Um, and I was kind of, like, jaded growing up because I didn't, I didn't know... If I was supposed to draw a line, I didn't know if I was supposed to let, you know, my love, my passion for social justice fuel me. Or was I, you know, as a pertain, you know, in the context of my faith or vice versa, I didn't know. And a lot of times, because the church has experienced so much trauma as it pertains to being the forefront of movements of eras, you know, we had the civil rights movement. And then there was early in the 1900s. You know, of course, like, you know, you have reconstruction and everything going on. What happened as um, Southern Negroes literally were like escaping um, and migrating to the West and to the North. A man named William Seymour, you know, he led the um, he led an era of the church where he brought. I don't want to say he brought back, but he began to teach and preach the baptism of the holy spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues um all different people of races white people black people were involved in this movement but when it was time to really like <clears throat> you know when they were they couldn't decide who was going to be the leader unfortunately those white people though experiencing the power of god they did not want to come under a black leader um and so you have you know so then now they there's a separation and you are even even further segregated, even in faith. You get what I'm saying? So the church has a pattern of um, taking trauma, internalizing it, and then focusing inward. Um, and it's after, it seems like it's not, it, it's actually a very um, prevalent pattern. And after every great error, we tend to do that. And I think that's because of the trauma, you know, the opposition that we face. And we see that even in ourselves today, right? Um, so it's no wonder that the church, of course, sometimes, and more so specifically the Western church, experiences that as well, especially the black church. Um, so, yeah, so I, I grew up and I remember, you know, when I was doing the Black Lives Matter protests, I had leaders and people telling me, you don't need to worry about that stuff. Like, you don't need to be political. You need to be in the church. You need to be, you know, focusing on preaching and da 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 And I didn't understand why they couldn't coincide. I didn't understand why I was a proclaimed follower of Jesus Christ. A man who literally, you know, was a carpenter who probably was a part of a union. And he was probably brown. And, you know, he was killed for no reason. Why? <laughs> like, why I couldn't. You, who, who was one who was the greatest advocate of all time who literally died you know what I'm saying for the cause for social justice I didn't understand why if I was a follower of him why I could not translate you know if I was to be like Christ why I couldn't be like him in that regard 
why I had to be, why I had to only focus inside the four walls of the church. Um, but luckily, of course, God really cultivated me in that area. Um, and through just my experience and through just my journey, my personal faith walk and everything, um, now Proverbs and politics has been birth because I truly believe that if believers, um, if we are really going to be salt of the earth, like God calls us to be, then we have to one, be educated. We have to go one, we have to one, be educated two go out with wisdom. And three, we really have to recognize our purpose, our, our individual vocations. And we have to set our minds to allow God to raise us up and cultivate us in those areas so that we can be sent out. Um, so yeah, and I think that social justice, and when I say politics, I'm really referencing a broad spectrum of things, because there's so many things that impact politics. So when we peel back the layers, there's a part of this that everybody, no matter what your function is in the church, you all have a part in this, you know what I'm saying? So I don't want people just to think like, yes, we're dealing with government, we're dealing with po- with politics, but if you um, saw my thread, a lot of you said that you believe that politics, you know, impacted mental health, that mental health impacted politics, that how you grew up impacted politics, that poverty impacted, you know, of course, we know things like poverty, you know, race, gender, um, all these things um, are impacting our government, the laws that are made. Um, so I think that's important that all believers are well, well versed, that all people are well versed on what's going on around them. You know, we so many times complain and we have grievances, but we don't really know where to channel it or how. And we don't even know, like, you know, the language, the verbiage. How do we put what we're feeling into words and what we think that should be done? Um, so I believe that it's time that we stop talking, that we just stop. Oh, well, we need to pray about it. Yes, we need to pray about it. <clears throat> but there wasn't a time. Take David, for instance, who he prayed and then he didn't get up off of his knees with strategy. We have to move with conviction, with compassion, and we have to move with a solution. So that's what Proverbs and politics is, generating a fire, starting and igniting something that encourages and inspires people and especially believers, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, to literally move, to operate in what God has called you to, and then take that out into the world and make disciples of men and draw people in. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that is my passion. Um I truly believe that, as his word says, there's plenty of verses God calls us. Proverbs 31 and 9. You know, open your mouth, judge righteously, plead the cause of the poor and needy. You know, um, Zechariah, um, not Zechariah, Jeremiah 22 and 3. Um, the Lord says, execute your judgment and righteousness. Deliver the spoiled out of the hand of the oppressor and do no wrong. Do no violence to the stranger, the fatherless, nor the widow, neither shed innocent blood in this place. So the Bible is very vocal about social justice and we are literally commissioned. Social justice is not just for the political people, just not for the, you know, people who may be called to law, the people who may be called to start a nonprofit. It's for every believer. If you're, if our, if our leader the one that we study, the one that we seek to become about committed his life to sacrificing himself for the what society deems as the least of these, then we should be the same way. 
Um, so yeah. So the episode is titled The Gift of Gad and Government. And you're probably wondering, Shay, who's Gad? How does this relate to government? Gad was a prophet. You can read about him in 1 Samuel um, 22. <clears throat> and Gad was a prophet slash seer. And he, op- he worked in the court of David um, or the administration of King David. Um, and during that time, obviously, they didn't have presidents. They didn't have prime ministers, but they did have governments. And over those governments were kings. Every king, God literally had a prophet for every single king. And that was... So that the kings, though, yes, they had what you called the ultimate authority, but they still had to remember that they, in the land, they were the ultimate authority, but they still were under the authority of God. And the prophets were mouthpieces of God that one could give them wise counsel, could advise them, could aid them, and they could also hold them accountable when need be. Um, prophets are very much still around today. There is a thing called the fivefold ministry, which prophets are a part of. The fivefold ministry is evangelists, teachers, prophets, pastors, and apostles. Prophet, the office of the prophet being the oldest um, office. So, with that being said, Gad was a prophet who was extremely instrumental in the even the preserving of David's life. Um, Before David became king, there was a king before him and his name was Saul. And Saul was very jealous of David because Saul had been disobedient. And when he was rebuked, God raised up, God began to anoint, he used a prophet to anoint David and David was then cultivated. David joined the army after he slayed Goliath and he became, he went on to become a mighty warrior. People began to chant in the street, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. So Saul literally went crazy. And every time he like, it was always on sight with him and David. Like he just was not going. He was not having it. He knew that David was meant to be king. So um, God was even instrumental in the early life of David. When David was trying to find fortress or trying to find a refuge for his mom and father in the city of Moab, Gad actually, because he was a seer, he could supernaturally see things and he heard from God. He was able to steer David in the place that he should go to leave while Saul was hunting him. And later on, um, David had done, had actually disobeyed God. And so Gad had rebuked him. And at the end of the rebuke, um, Gad directed David, not the end of the rebuke, but um, towards <clears throat> the end of the end of everything, basically, um, Gad directed David to build an altar to the Lord. Um, and after he offered the sacrifice, the plague was stopped because of David's disobedience. A plague had come on upon David's people. So we see that prophets are very instrumental in any exodus, any aka any deliverance of any sort. Um, yes, they aid and they're counselors to people in high positions and power, um, like God was to David, like Nathan was to Saul, um, or Nathan was to David. Still, they are people. They are people who are there on behalf of the people, if that makes sense. Um, because David David being spared wasn't just about David, David's life, you know. There was a whole other people. Um, because as we know, Jesus Christ eventually came from the lineage of David. 
So prophets, anybody who is called to operate in the body of Christ, one thing that we have to realize, um, and even if you are not Christian, this is a life principle. This is a biblical principle that is can be universal, that you have to understand that life is not about you, that your purpose, your anointing, um, God is so faithful and he's good. And he's sovereign that he will reward you, that God will elevate you. But at the end of the day, to keep yourself low, you have to remember that ultimately your promises, your purpose, your assignment, your destiny has nothing really to do with you. But you are anointed. You were given gifts for a people. Um, and that. And it may not always be inside of a church building. It may not always be in the pulpit. You may be called to Hollywood. You may be called to government. But you have a responsible to people, a a responsibility to use whatever God has put inside of you, to use your testimony for a reserved group of people. And as long as you have a testimony, as long as you have a gift for people, you are called to social justice. You are called to do what is right of society and not what is necessarily right and what the majority says, or even what the minority says, but what God has specifically given you in order to deliver people out of their strongholds, bring people into light. So (laughs) with, um, that being said, unfortunately, we have this form of Christianity, um, this westernized, whitewashed Christianity, this manifest destiny, right? Um, where we get the gospel and we think that it's for us and we're self-righteous. But if you are truly blood-bought, if you are truly surrendered to God, if you are truly surrendered to Christ, then you know that your purpose, that you being saved does not make you greater than anyone, but it makes you more aware of your humanity. It makes you broken. It makes you more aware of your constraintness. And actually, it keeps you broken, not in a way that you are depleted or you are of no use, but in a way instead that you can always be used because you know that you are never too greater or you are never above God. Any man that can always stay low, can always walk in humility is one that can always be used. And unfortunately, like the Pharisees of Jesus's time, Jesus, who was an advocate, Jesus, who was the ultimate activist, he came against opposition. Like they're the Pharisees, right? These people who had notions that they were somehow better, that the law made them better, that being sanctified men made them better. But we knew that just because they didn't, they obeyed the law. Their inward man was horrible. They were arrogant. They were prideful, right? Full of greed. But God doesn't call us to that. He calls us to a life of sacrifice. He calls us to a life of fighting on the behalf of people. He calls us to a life where we consistently use our voices and give voices to those who don't have one. We consistently represent those who are not seen and we pull those people up and we allow them, not we allow them, but we tell our testimonies and by our testimonies, they overcome. And then they are then able to go tell their testimonies. Someone else is able to overcome. So I think that in this day and time, when we are so me, 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 and we are so self-centered and we are so, you know, just all about individualism and following the own beat, the, 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 you know, the own beat of our drum. Yes, it's important that we take care of ourselves. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anyone else. 
But I think as we continue to give into these ideologies, we wonder why our society, why so many people are oppressed, so many people are marginalized, right? And I think that it's time that we begin to realize that your purpose and your destiny, God does not care. Like I said, God is just and he's good. He's a good, good father. So yes, you, you may be rich one day. You may have the businesses. You can speak and believe and receive it all you want to. But at the end of the day, true fulfillment, true satisfaction is when you come into the revelation that your life is not your own, that this thing is for the breakthrough of somebody else. And you are able to find peace in that. You are able to find contentment in the freedom and the justice of other people. Um. Okay, so wait, how did I get here? Uh-huh. Um... Okay, so mini sermon, sorry, <laughs> but um, no, but um, in all reality, these things are important because I think that in our government today, in our society today, like I said, it's so self-centered, it's so individualistic, if that's even a word, um, and it's reflecting in our, it's reflecting in our, in our government, in the laws that we make, in the way that we allow our country to operate, in the way that we allow ourselves to, you know, no one can be corrected anymore. We don't know how to hold people accountable. We don't know how to pray for our, go- pray for our president and lay hands on him and say, come out of there in Jesus name. We don't want to do that. You know, we're so afraid and then we wonder, we wonder why our churches are the way that they are. We wonder why our generations continue to be the way that they, the way that they, uh, the way that they are, because we as a people are not willing to stand up and be a people of truth and stand firm on that. Um. So yeah, the gift of Gad and government. Gad was a prophet, and. By him being obedient and being what he needed to be to David, he spared, he helped preserve an entire lineage, which of course then through David, through Solomon, so forth down the line came Jesus Christ. So it's important to understand that you have a function in the body and then your function in the body will translate into what God has called you to do out in the earth, out in the actual world or what we call the secular world. It's so disgusting to to be saved, to be set free, and then think that that gospel was only for you, that you were only set free for you. When there are millions of captives, millions of people who need it. So I challenge you guys to take that and meditate on that. And realize the gift, to take the gift of God in government and then paralyze that with whatever you're called to. Is it mental health? Are you a counselor? Are you supposed to be a therapist? Are you a doctor? Are you an actress? Are you a singer? Are you a songwriter? Are you a content creator? Are you a graphic web, uh, a graphic designer? Are you built, are you called for the marketplace? Are you called for business? As long as you are called to people, you are called to social justice. You are called to be responsible You are commissioned and you are commanded to go out and serve the least of these, to draw them in. And the Bible even tells us, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
You shouldn't just have conviction to be an everyday good person. You should have conviction to stand up for what's right. The definition of a proverb. As detailed in the Bible, Proverbs starts out saying, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction and prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but the fools despise wisdom and instruction. So proverbs and politics is going to give us a practical way you know, living in society with so much stuff, it is trauma filled. But God has, God is here as long as we stay broken before Him. God will make us last. He will mount us up like He will mount us up with eagle's wings. Um, so wow, I didn't mean to like preachy, get preachy a little bit, <laughs> but. It's important that we know that Proverbs is here so that we pull out of each other, that we challenge each other, that we gain wisdom and we gain understanding. How do we operate in the world? Because politics, like I said, this is not just a thing about passing laws and bills, but this is a thing. This is impacted by our mental health. This is impacted about uh, by generational curses, family trauma. This is impacted by um you know, our race, our gender, and there is historical trauma being born into the skin that you are being black is a, it's great. You know, we love it, but there's a trauma that comes with being in the skin. There's a trauma that comes with being indignous. We carry the trauma of our generations, even being, even before we've experienced it for ourselves. you know? So I want us, we're going to unpack, we're going to pull back these layers, we're going to heal together, we're going to learn together, and we're going to pull out of each other, and we're going to challenge each other, and we're going to get wisdom because there's a dying society, and whenever there's a dying and broken society, God raises up a people that is not broken, like I said, and necessarily depleted, necessarily not of use, but when you're broken, when you're humid when you're humble when you can realize that this is not in your own doing that your resume doesn't matter but just your obedience and understanding that your life is for someone else's uh, those are the broken people god will go use to rescue the other broken people and in a broken society we have to be willing to sacrifice we have to be willing to be sacrifices um so yeah so politics, I mean, Proverbs and politics, we're going to unpack the layers of our society. We're going to unpack the layers of our government, why we do the things we do, which results in the laws that are made, um, which results in, you know, our overall thinking and how we process things as a culture. We're going to be looking at culture. We're going to be looking at how ethnicity and traditions, how it impacts our everyday lives and therefore how then politics impacts our our everyday life and how in turns what that does to the human psyche. 
Um, so there's going to be so much things to talk about. Um, Proverbs and politics will be weekly. <clears throat> so we will get a, you guys will get an episode every single week. And we're going to start unpacking like the call to vocation and how it pertains to social justice, no matter what you're called to. Um, how it directly, of course, relates to government and all that stuff. Um, but some stuff may not always be follow like a guideline, follow a timeline or a structure because I I also want to be able to talk about like things that are going on right now in the world. You know, like we are in a huge, like high political climate. Y'all know with y'all's president, there's something every single every child every day. Okay, every day is an episode of scandal with this presidency. So there's gonna be always something to talk about. Um, we're not just gonna focus about things in America, also globally because obviously what other countries do does affect what happens here what we do affects other countries um so yeah i'm so excited i thank you guys for taking this journey with me um and i just hope that you all enjoy yourselves and every single day you take away something so um and you learn something and you have a new tool uh for life so at the end of every episode, what's going to happen is I'm going to give you guys a tool for healing and a tool for resilience. I don't have one this episode because I actually have a verse which I had posted when I first announced my podcast. Um, but for the rest of the episodes, I'm always going to give you guys something, a resource, um, a nugget, um, or what we call a proverb <laughs> um, to help you guys process your information and take it with you. But I'm going to read a scripture today and shout out to Kim Braswell, who is the um, social justice ministry leader of Hope City, like our social justice ministry, Justice Talks. Um, If you are listening and you are Columbus and Union Church, 3330 El Paso Drive, Columbus, Ohio, 43204, just in case, um, shameless plug. But yeah, shout out to Kim Braswell. She actually ends all of our meetings like that, giving us a tool, giving us some type of resource, some type of nugget, knowledge, gem on how to heal, how to process, how to go out back in the world and arrive and be our best self. So um, for right now, I'm going to leave you guys with Proverbs chapter two, verses seven through nine. And it reads, he stores away wisdom for the righteous. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. He guards the path of justice and preserves the way of the saints. Then we will understand righteousness and justice and integrity and every good path. So I want you guys to meditate on the scripture. Again, that's Proverbs chapter 2, verses 7 through 9. Meditate on that. Study that. And we, I will see you guys next Tuesday. So every Tuesday, um, unless otherwise stated. But I am excited once again. And I love you guys. Have a good day. Arrive in the world as your best version of yourself. Kisses, hugs, moi.